All right. Hello, everybody. You are listening to and watching the um, Love Leaders podcast. I'm Todd Houston, and today we have with us uh, Tyson D. Thompson. I guess there is another Tyson Thompson who's a uh, football player. Is that right? Yes. yes, he was a running back for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. All right. <laughs> Very good. Have you ever had a chance to meet him? Oh, no, no, sir. No, sir. But I'm not that guy. I think I'm a little too small. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you did play football when you were. Uh, you yes, yes. As a matter of fact, my eighth grade year was probably the greatest year in sports ever. It, I couldn't do anything wrong that year. I mean, I was phenomenal. But after that, it was all downhill when it came to football. I decided to get off in some other businesses. So, right, right. football history. Well, so uh, so let's talk about uh, kind of what what's been going on with you. Uh, again, this is Tyson D. Thompson, and and this is uh, Love Leaders uh, podcast. We we talk about how life is really a, a lesson in love for all of us. Yes. how we can get the most out of those uh, lessons so that we can be the most loving, the most kind, the, the best people that we can be uh, because of the, the challenges and the things that we go through in life. Uh, honestly, I believe that love is the greatest power that we have, and, and that power is the power that allows us to, to change our lives, to, to even change the world if if that's why if that's what we're called to do and I, I think we're all called to change the the world in one degree or another so mr uh, mr thompson here he is he's interested in changing the world and you've just uh putting a, a book together it's going to be coming out very soon yes sir. called dream another dream dream another dream that's right yeah, that's what? right so so what do you mean by dream another dream well, um, it, when we talk about dreams, oftentimes we talk about uh, aspirations and goals. And, uh, and I found out that when, when life happens, you know, life can be tough sometimes. You know, sometimes it sucks. Things don't work out the way we think it should. And I grew up with this over-optimistic perspective that if I just live life a certain way, things will work out. I, I'll trust it in my system. My system is perfect. That means it's going to work out. And then I realized that it, it, it didn't work, you know, and uh, the, 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 the common denominator in it not working was people. And that's one thing that you cannot manage. You cannot control. We can influence people, but we cannot control people. And because people are significant when it comes to our dreams, then sometimes it doesn't play out the way we think. So what we have to learn to do. Well, you know, there are a lot of people out there that, that have a dream. They, they, they started out with a dream. Either they started out with a dream when they were in their youth uh, and, and maybe when they got older, that dream got, uh, got sideways a little bit. Yes, yes. Maybe they tried to figure out how to get back to that dream. Maybe they changed their dream. Maybe they've decided to, to settle on a dream that, that is not near as grand as that, that one that they'd hoped for in their life. But how, how do people even begin recognizing what their dream is? Well, one of the things that I, I come to understand is that uh, once we understand and solidify what value is, um, I realized that uh, people were the only thing that mattered. In the sequence of life, the only thing that's always there are people. 
and I can't pick and choose these people. And sometimes we get disappointed, we get let down, and we become cynical and we become distracted trying to survive, you know, the survival of the fittest. And so what we do is we begin to move what's really valuable aside and we start to try to survive. And when we do that, we become deaf to what people are saying, what their dreams are. And because we try to speak out our dreams and we want to live our lives a certain way and people crush those dreams or circumstances just happen, we tend to lose our voice. Because as a little boy and as little girls, you know, uh, we have dreams and aspirations. I believe we're born with dreams. You know, I, I really do believe that we're chosen. Uh, no one uh, exists of their own merit at all. And when something is chosen, it implies that it has purpose. So I believe everyone has purpose and it's inside. And sometimes circumstances try to strip us of those dreams. Life happens. And what we have to learn to do is get back to what matters most. And that's each other. And how do we know we have a dream that it's actually our dream? Because it seems like sometimes we might get a dream, but maybe it's a, a dream that our parents instilled upon us. Yes. Or maybe some friends or uh, somebody that we looked up to uh maybe it maybe it was to help us identify our dream but how do we know that it's really our dream versus maybe just somebody's aspirations for us okay well i'll, I'll tell you my story um i've always had this longing desire to help people be better it was just always there even as a little boy my mother told me this she said son you talk too much you tell everything and i remember praying to god please help me stop talking or talk too much however that was a part of my gifting. And what happens is we have relationships. Now, relationships are important, relationships are value. Now, relationships, they don't validate us. I think life chose us, so we're validated. But I believe that good relationships of value affirm what is inside of us. So over the years, I've had people just share with me, hey, you're good at that. <clears throat> you have a gift at that. You, you, you do that well, you have insight. That's why relationships are important. And that's why it's very, very fragile, our dreams, because sometimes people are not fortunate to have good people in their lives. But I began to just continue in those areas that I had a passion for or that I had a little gift for. And over time, it developed. But it only started to develop when I became active. You know, uh, if you don't get busy, if you don't start something, you never really know what those gifts and those dreams are. So I would encourage everyone to uh, get busy helping people because only people matter. And during that process of serving, you'll start to develop that gift. You'll start to develop it's the desire. If you have a, an internal guidance system, mm -hmm. you know, a spirit, something leading us and letting us, uh, like a small voice, letting us know what this dream is, but, but we need at times that validation on the outside world yes. from people, the, the importance of you know, communicating with people to hear them say, you know, you're good at that. It, it might just be half a sentence, you know. Right. You're 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 good. Or uh, I, I like the way you do this. It might just be, or or it's just an expression they have when you do something. You can tell that it it brings joy to their life or something, and and you know it's something that you just did. That's right. And maybe those are those are those little nuggets that help point the way to what our bigger dream really is. But it didn't always start off that way with you because you didn't exactly grow up. Because some people might might think, well, okay, if 
you grew up with this and that, and then, you know, you're going to have your dreams taken care of for you and you have more opportunity to live your dreams and all that. Mm -hmm. Why do you give people a little bit of a snapshot about what it was like when you were just a little guy growing up and maybe the environment wasn't all that great? Well, when the book comes out, um, there's a chapter and it and it's talks about forgiveness. But in this chapter, we talk about a horrific moment that my mom went through. And I actually experienced it by watching it. And um, you have to get the book to figure that out. But um, I realized that, uh, that, that people were important because of the conflict that I had with my dad. And I watched my mom still continue to treat him with respect and honor. And also when we didn't have anything, she still continued to give and she impressed well, give him an idea. Give them an idea of what your dad was like to your mom and what your mom really illustrated to you. Well, my dad was really abusive and we left from one city to another city because of domestic violence. And my mom had had enough. And uh, so she made a decision to move. And this is what she told us, me and my uh, three brothers at the time. She said, I want you to know that you have a choice. We can stay in this situation and have support and live our lives and just deal with it or we can choose something different. And she said, if I don't choose something different, son, you may grow up thinking that this is the way life is meant to be lived, but I wanna show you an option. There is another way. So we left Oklahoma City and we moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we moved into a two bedroom apartment with a family of four. Now me, my three brothers and my mom, that's five people moving into an apartment with four people, a two bedroom apartment. And uh, we stayed there for several months and. Uh, as a kid, you know, how, I, well, how I, many bathrooms did you have, Tyson? Oh, we had one bathroom, and there was only three women in the house, so you know that was tough. But <laughs> still, you know, as, as a boy, teenage girls. Oh man, yeah, that's pretty rough. But uh, <laughs> we got through it, and uh, my mom just shared that uh, sometimes there may be a struggle on the other end, but the peace that you'll gain is worth it. So she said, "I want you to have a choice." And uh, within that process of choosing, I began to go on this journey that. Uh, that didn't work out, the relationship with my mom and dad. And I always would wonder, what if they had stayed together? What would they have been like? But I had to immediately squash it because I didn't have any control over the circumstances. And my circumstance with my dad didn't change much. But well, I had to- your mom, How did your mom end up dealing with this abuse that your father i'm assuming it was probably physical abuse emotional abuse physical yeah. verbal emotional All kinds of things okay mm -hmm. so it doesn't sound like she hated the man it doesn't sound like she uh, you know wished him dead or anything like that right. so how did she uh how did she work that through in her own mind to give you an example of what love looks like well, she was phenomenal in the fact that she really had empathy for people. She knew people's story and she knew that she wasn't a perfect person and she made some decisions that were tough. And uh, one of the, the issues was that uh, she had a daughter before me and my brothers were born. And uh, she uh, was with a, another man that was abusive and she left and uh, she ended up dating my dad at the time. So her daughter was 15 months old, roughly. Well, she was staying or uh, being watched by uh, my great grandmother. And uh, during that time, uh, my, my, young, my older sister would have been, she ended up uh, getting poisoned. She ate some rat poison and uh, she died. 
And uh, my father was there for her, support for my mom. She knew that he was a different character, but he was there for her and really supported her through that process. Where they end up getting married, have four children, to get, I mean, three children together, and uh, the rest is history. And, uh, but he still had some issues, but she was able to empathize with the fact that he grew up in a very rough situation, that he didn't have the best guidance and that he had some own personal struggles. So instead of staying with that, she did her best, but she realized that there was not going to be an, a, ch a change. So she, she really excuse the behavior. Yes. She didn't, so she didn't excuse the behavior, but she saw something beyond his outer expression, something, something good within him, whether he was going to bring it out or not. She, she, she kept sight of that piece of him, that piece of humanity that was still within him. And do you think that that made a difference in his life? Well, I, I believe it did. Matter of fact, uh, toward the end of his life, he reached out to my mom. And so she went and visited him, prayed with him, and just supported him and encouraged him. And uh, so that bond was still there. And although she wasn't like romantically in love with him, she still loved him as a human being. And I think our value rests in the fact that we were all chosen. No one exists of their merit. No one can say that I woke up today and said, I want to be born. No one does that. That, that, that. That's impossible. So something beyond us chose us. And we don't get to choose our parents. We don't get to choose, get to choose our ethnicity, our height. You know, yeah, I, I wish I was maybe six feet tall, but I'm five, five. So that's what I have. So you have to work with what you have. So she was able to understand and have empathy that he grew up in some situations that were not the best. But if he wasn't willing to change, because you can't make people change. You can't make people do anything. That's dehumanizing to take someone's will away from them. She decided to make the change and move her children away from the madness and try to create an environment where we have peace. So we could have that avenue to dream something different. Now, what kind of uh, neighborhood were you growing up in? Well, to be honest, uh, when we moved from Oklahoma City to Tulsa, uh, I ended up going to six different elementary schools. And you may wonder, like, how do you go to six different elementary schools? Well, and how many years? Oh, man. Well, elementary is only from the kindergarten to the fifth grade. <laughs> it's only six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we jumped around a little bit, but um, we grew up in, in some okay areas, but the latter part, it got pretty rough. You know, I lived in an area that, uh, you know, gun violence, uh, gang banging started to be popular, selling crack you know, was the, the big thing. Matter of fact, I had a guy, one of my buddies I played football with, he pressured me to sell crack with him on several occasions. And But because I had that desire, that dream to do something different than my father, you know, I didn't know what to do to make my dreams come true. And all I wanted was a peaceful home. I knew what not to do. And I knew drugs was not the way. So when I was pressured to sell drugs and do some other things, I knew that wasn't a part of my big picture. Yeah, well, how did you know that wasn't the way? I mean, because you had you had a lot of other other friends that were in that same environment, mm -hmm. and they didn't realize that was not the way because they went ahead. Like you said, you had a, you had a good friend. You had people that were trying to get you involved yes. in in pushing drugs and, and doing all of this, but yet you chose not to do it. What what was different about you? Where where did you feel that? Um, that something within you should not go that direction and needed to go another direction? Well, I would say two things. Number one, my faith. You know, I believe that my faith carried me through. It was a solid foundation that, that didn't move. 
And also, I would just say, I watched what drugs did to my dad. I saw how the demise of his life was just was just torturous, and he didn't finish well. Uh, he died when I was 15 years old, and uh, he, he died of complications with uh, uh, diabetes. And uh, right before the amputation of uh, one of his limbs, he passed away. But he tried to, you know, take his insulin and still did drugs or alcoholism. And I just saw how destructive it was. And I didn't want to live like that. My mother had fought too hard to get us from that lifestyle and to give us a choice. And when she told me, I want you to be able to choose different, I began to look for other ways and other avenues. So even though I didn't know what to do, I knew what was detrimental to any dream that I could possibly ever uh, desire or imagine outside of drugs. So I knew that that wasn't the route. Well, your mom, uh, your mom kind of told you that you're in control of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. it, because you had an incident. We're talking with uh, Tyson D. Thompson. He, he has an upcoming book called Dream Another Dream. So if anybody out there is, is kind of a kind of living the dream, uh, that's great. Uh, however, if you're looking at changing your dream and maybe thinking maybe there's a better dream for me, this is going to be a great book for you uh, for you to get. So there was an incident that happened when you were a little kid. Mm -hmm where you were just playing tag, right? Yes, sir. And, and it seems like this little game of tag changed your whole thought system. Man, it did. It, it really did. And I was about seven years old and we stayed in a housing project called Seminole Hills. And uh, we were all outside playing and, and I went out to play. And uh, so I started tag, you know, it's pretty much a game of cat and mouse. And so, and at the time I was just slow. I mean, I'm just really slow, but I played and was having fun, but Finally, I was tagged and it didn't take long because I was so slow. But um, as I chased everybody, it was obvious how slow I was. I just couldn't catch anybody. People were just laughing and laughing, laughing. And my older brother was included in that laugh. But um, one particular guy's name was Patrick. He really was just taunting me. But to make a long story short, um, I had enough. I mean, I could just couldn't catch anybody. So I ran home crying to my mom. And, uh, and I'm thinking that my mom is just going to embrace me like she always has and just love on me. You know, they laughing at me, right? Well, you're, you're obviously used to your mom being there for you and yes. all times. Yes, mom has always been. I mean, she never let me down. So I just knew she was going to console me. But instead of consoling me, she scolded me and she spanked me. And she just said, basically, I don't know if, you know, if you guys are, you know, under 35, you might not know what a spanking is, but she disciplined <laughs> me and told me, that crying because someone is laughing is not appropriate. And somehow she knew that one day I was gonna face some things like this because the world is cruel. The world is unforgiving, it's uncertain and people will laugh at you. But she told me this, I don't ever wanna hear you crying because people laugh at you. And you have to realize that your thoughts matter more than other people's thoughts because you have a choice. And uh, so it, it, all those lessons about, I wanna give you a choice. And even though I was a young boy, have this uncanny ability to just really re re receive or um, 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 go back and remember thoughts and remember memories and remember situations and bring it to a light that, that makes sense. But I remember it like it was yesterday. So after she gave me the conversation, I went back on the field and started chasing people. I was still slow, nothing had changed except on the inside. I knew that it was just the game of cat and mouse. 
and that my identity is not wrapped up in this game and I don't have to cry anymore because people laugh. And so, and that helped me out in business because as time went on, you know, people criticize you, they ridicule you. And by trade, I'm a barber, something I've done for almost 31 years. And that is one of the things that brought about this book. You know, over the years, uh, I, and I'm a master barber and uh, I have a very big clientele. And over the years, I've serviced well over 100,000 people. But I've had specifically about 100,000 one-on-one conversations with people about life, their situation, wow. and how they've struggled and how they've been successful. And I realized that those lessons my mom taught me are relevant to today because people still feel rejected. People you ever still feel like a psychotherapist rejected. in your job. Hey man, I mean you hear everything. Pair of scissors. Yes, and I'm telling you, you hear it all. And so I realized that rejection is just a part of life. And as a seven-year-old boy, my mom taught me that rejection is going to come again. And we if can't. If you were to sub up, what your mom taught you about love, what what would you say? That love is unconditional, and that we still love in spite of what people think and believe and feel about us. There's a, a Greek word for love. It's agape. And it's just an unconditional love. As a matter of fact, the word is a love that represents God's love for humanity. And it's an unwavering love. As a matter of fact, it means whatever possesses this love is the essence of love or it's by nature love itself. So love is something that it never changes. It's an unmovable force. And regardless of what people say, do, how, how they feel about you, love trumps that. And it gives you the freedom. It gives you the freedom to move past rejection. You know, I wrote this little piece. It's about uh, my father. How to honor a disengaged father yet live free from his rejection. And that's possible to do. You can still honor and love and care about people because they're human beings, but you can still judge their actions and their beliefs towards you and don't have to take it or accept it. So I can move past what my father thought or what he didn't do. I can move past what some uh, a client that was very critical and ruled about something I may have may have not done correctly, and I can move past it because they have a right to make that decision. See, the, the, the essence of being human is having a choice. So if they reject me, then they don't have to receive my gift. So I don't take it as rejection. I take it as them not receiving the best of Tyson. Well, so you also said it again, which you've mentioned earlier in the interview, and you're listening to... Love Leaders with Todd Houston. You, uh, you say people are what's most important, but yet we live in a society that says people are almost to be used to be, uh, to get those things which the world considers important, which might be money, materialism, mm -hmm. power, I mean, we see this in, in politics, uh, we see this in business, uh, but yet sometimes lip service is given to the yeah. idea that people are it's most important. But how do we really go about our lives where every day we're making sure that even that person that's rejecting us is still the most important to to our relationships and our lives? Well, I've always said that we're not perfect. We're, we're perfectly human, yet humanly flawed. And we all have a past. 
And sometimes our past comes to haunt us. Sometimes mm-hmm. we react because we're trying to protect ourselves. Sometimes we treat each other different or worse than what we would treat ourselves because we have pride. Everyone just has issues. And so, but we have to understand this, is that as long as there's breath in someone's body, there's hope for a change. Because I hadn't always done things right. I mean, I've lied, I've cheated, um, I've mistreated my kids, um, I've stolen something before. I mean, the first time I stole a pack of bubble gum. But the point is, is that I'm flawed, but yet I'm perfectly human. And with that in mind, we have to understand that everything that we have, we extract it from the earth. We take iron from the earth and we build, we, we extract natural gas and we send it into our homes, you know, so that we can be warm. Everything that we see, the glasses that you're wearing right now, Mr. Houston, our computer that we're speaking through, our phones, our clothes, our shoes, they're all made and developed for a human being because only human beings possess the essence of what value is. The earth itself was made for us. And so with that in mind, we have to preserve our lives. We have to fight to to live lives better and we can't give up on humanity because it's easy to become cynical when we're always mistreated. It's easy to, to, to attack always instead of recognizing that I am a human being, so are they. I'm not perfect, they're not either. So I can embrace their humanity and yet live free from any negative attitudes, behaviors, or beliefs that they possess and and still not give up hope. Because I remember when someone didn't give up hope on me, they kept believing in me. And uh, so I'm glad that I'm here today because someone did not give up on me. Although I'm valid, they affirmed my greatness, you know? And so let's talk a little bit uh, about how you can go and move through that. Because there are a couple of things that you mentioned in your book, and, and I think one is forgiveness. Yes. So explain if you have you know a father who made a very difficult life for your mother and and wasn't really there all the time for his kids to say the least. Uh, you you were involved in a lot of situations where people were trying to definitely get you to go in the wrong direction in life. And then you've had your challenges on the business side, because I think when you were young, just starting out, they didn't say, hey, here, here are the Clippers, Tyson, go at it, man, you're, you're the best. It was like, here's a broom. That's go, right. Go sweep up, and, and, and then they would teach you and give you a hard time. Mm-hmm. So the idea of forgiveness, why don't, why don't you take us a little bit deeper into that and how, how you go about using that when you find yourself in these uh, situations where people maybe haven't really been the best uh, to you? Well, I want to be sensitive to people who have actually gone through some really horrific circumstances. You know, when we think of like the Holocaust, we think of, you know, um, slavery, we think of people being brutally raped and murdered. Those are horrible incidences. And so I don't want to be insensitive, but it's hard to forgive because humans, we want justice. And oftentimes, you know, the perpetrator seems to go scot-free, you know, leaving people unheard, uh, disrespected, rejected. But to have a fresh start, we got to release people. They, they, they made the choice. And my father's choice to reject me wasn't my choice. So he chose to do that. But it's not a reflection of my value by any means. I can't manage his emotions. I can't manage what people do. So what I have to do is take ownership of who I am now. I can influence people, but I can't change them. 
And, and we shouldn't attempt to try to strip people of their will. You know, that's a key component of being human. But I had to do, use my choice. I chose to live free from rejection and liberate myself. You know, knowing that um, maybe my abuser or the other person may go free, they may not, may not ever get caught. But my goal now is to move forward and, and move past it because the past is just that. It has passed. All I have is the moment. And that's what we have to embrace is the moment that we have now, move forward and develop relationships of value and take the other people and put them on this other shelf. I have this thing where we, we it's called uh, relationships and we have people that are in your life to receive value. Like I'm a father, my kids are in my life to receive from me. I have mentors, Todd, I, I consider you a mentor. I'm in your life to, for you to help me and also to try to reciprocate some value. But some people are in our lives to be destructive because they're selfish. Uh, they don't understand my value and my worth. So what I can do is separate myself from them. I can purposefully move them to another corner of my heart, pray for them, believe that they get better, but it's not my responsibility. Because time and time again, they refuse to accept my value. So never should you stay in harm's way. You should always remove yourself from harm's way. And it's not being mean. It's protecting the essence of who you are so you can develop your skills to go add value to other people. So it's important to know that we can forgive, but we don't always forget because we still have to protect ourselves and serve humanity better and just move people. And another good example with that, you know, we have a body and all these parts matter. I have a nose and I have a butt. My nose is not on my tailbone. Although my nose and tailbone is important, they're, they're separate. And I need them both, but I prefer this nose to be here and not back there because it's common. You kind of feel? <laughs> All right, we're talking to Tasha D. Thompson, uh, the uh, author of an upcoming book, Dream Another Dream. Uh, Ashley is a master barber, has been one for, oh, what, almost 20, 30 years. 30 almost years, been, since 1989. Been, been, been quite a while. So, uh, built quite a business, um, been successful as an entrepreneur. And now you're, you're de delving in, as you always have, into the, the deeper parts of humanity, uh, the, the places of the soul that, that really drive us to reaching those dreams that, that we have and, and even helping us identify what the, those dreams are. So at the end of the day, when you're kind of thinking about what's gone on in the day, what usually goes through your head? You know, um, on my shirt, it says, I see your value. Uh, I wish people could really see each other's value. I wish we could see it so much that we embrace each other and we build each other up. Does everybody have value? Everybody is born with value. I mean, the same life that you're breathing is the same thing that I'm breathing. We come from one source. And, 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 and you know, and I'm not here to, to discuss whether, you know, it's creation, Big Bang, or reincarnation. That's not the point. The point is that no one exists of their merit. And we're all here of a source outside of us. So I didn't choose us. I didn't choose this life. And no, neither did you. But we all possess it. And uh, I know one thing that I don't always do things right or perfect, but I know what it's like to enjoy. I know what it's like to have. I know what it's like to not have. I know what it's like to be sad. 
So I'm going to go on the other side and choose joy, have peace, uh, relationships. And I know that those things matter. And to make this wonderful place called Earth go around well, we need each other. As a matter of fact, no one exists alone. Life is meant to be relational. So every, everybody has value. Everybody every, has value. And, every, see, and, and, and I, have, I have another book that will come out soon. It's called, uh, uh, it's, it's called The Art of Adding Value. And we talk about the three laws of value. The first law is that we're inherently valuable. The second law is we have intrinsic value. And that some people get them mixed up, but inherent value can't change. Intrinsic value can because inside we all have gifts, but we have to develop those gifts to become more valuable to people. But in well, what do you tell somebody? Yeah, but what do you tell somebody that has lost their values? I mean, they 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 sense that they just they just don't have the values that um, are really going to lift them up. They've you gotten know, so cynical. They've gotten so beat up in life that that to them. Uh, these these higher values of loving and forgiving and caring about others they're just trying to survive and every value is set on taking care of themselves what, what do you tell somebody like that you know um that when the day you were born you were chosen you didn't make that decision something greater than you has chosen you. So your existence proves validation. Now you may have been told that you're nothing, that you're worthless. You may have been abused. If you ever listen to Joyce Meyer, her father abused her sexually up until her um, um, young adulthood and also some other family members. But she found a foundation that was greater than her experiences. She began to listen. See, you have to change the way you think about yourself. And the way you do that is you change what you say, what you see, what you hear. And you have to change what you believe by getting around people who support your value and your worth. You know, if you sit and listen to something that's negative all day, that's what you'll become. But our greatest thoughts, right, we tend to become those. We begin to live those out. So I would say you need good friends. You need good relationships, people to help you. And uh, follow Todd. Uh, follow Tyson. Tyson speaks. You need to hear over and over yeah, again. What is your uh, What is your website so they can follow you? Uh, Tyson uh, speaks dot com. Tyson speaks dot com. And it's simple. So we, have a, we have a question from uh, Alaska, and and Lori's asking. So if you're way out in a very remote area, like I don't know if you've been to Alaska, but it's beautiful, but it yes, is I want to go to very remote. Uh, how do you how do you help other people? And and you could this could even go with being in in a large metropolitan area. Mm -hmm. How do you help other people find their dreams? You know, words are really important, and we have to understand we have to speak life to people. But we all have a gift. We all have something with inside of us, and. The, because value only exists in each other, our ability to help and serve each other is our purpose. That's our why. I don't care if you're digging ditches, if you're doing lawn care services, if you're cooking, if you're a waitress. That adds value to me when I go to a restaurant and the table's clean. Uh, I know a guy, his name was um, um, Akin Barrow. Uh, he was from Africa. He started off cleaning bathrooms in McDonald's in Africa. 
He ended up moving to the states, and now, or uh, some years ago, he wait, got wait, this was not this was not the premise for coming to America, was it? No, sir. No, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. He, he came to America, and uh, he um, went out west, and now, or I don't know if he's still doing it, but he got promoted. And he's running a region of McDonald corporations. He also has real estate. He's done extremely well, but he started out serving people because he knew know that the importance of having a clean bathroom. See, when we focus our attention on, not on just ourselves, but what we can pour out and give to other people, sure. then yeah. we start to yeah, discover what our value and our gifts are. See, it's all about people. Only people matter. Remember, our glasses, our phones, our shoes, is all to help our lives be easier, better, more efficient. And if you find a way to give back to people and serve people, you will connect to that very thing, that it factor. It, it, exactly what it is that you do. I didn't know that I was going to be a barber for 30 years. I didn't realize that I was going to speak this much, but all I knew was I talked a lot. I spoke a lot and I wanted people to be well. Well, being a barber is something that I, I would kind of duck and dodge because I wasn't smart enough. I didn't have a degree. And then I realized the value in what I do. I touch the world. Look, over 100,000 people. How many people can say that they've actually physically touched or spoken to over 100,000 people and have the ability to speak life into them. That's rare. So now I embrace being a barber. There's nothing wrong with being a barber because it's one of the greatest trades ever because I'm connected with the very thing that is valuable and it's right. people. Yeah, so, the job and wherever you find yourself, that's really just the details. What's really important is what's, what's within you and what you're giving out into the world through your occupation through your community, uh, through your, your, your family and, and others. And, right. and the, the values, you know, that you have at hand, as you, as you would say, because you say, define your gifts, develop your gifts and deliver your gifts. That's right. That's and, and you said, and you said it right, Todd, those are the, the three laws of value. The first one is knowing that you are inherently valuable, regardless of what people say or what has happened. That's the foundation by which you start giving. See, I can give and not fear rejection because I know that I'm valuable with or without you, right? And then two, I need to develop my gifts so that I can be more efficient at serving people. And then extrinsic value is the third one. That is my responsibility as a human being to go and share the best of myself. So those are the three laws of value and you just said it. Yeah, and, and basically what you're doing is you're acting in love. That's all you're doing. The yeah. essence of love is, is selfless. It's, it's, it's not self-seeking. It always considers other people. It doesn't judge. It doesn't berate people. It doesn't hold content toward people. You know, the significance of this book, the title, Dream Another Dream, is that when all of our efforts seem to fail, you know, in life, like, it just turns for the worse, upside down. Our ability to, like, to imagine and create hope and visualize new opportunities is 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 what we do we have an imagination and uh, um hope is just a visual blueprint of what we desire and without hope we can't dream and if we don't have dreams like martin luther king had a dream right but it wasn't until the dream became a vision something with goals objectives you know measurements you know to see that we really get there um it, it doesn't happen so th this whole idea is to develop the best of who we are 
so that we can serve other people. But we have to do it confidently because we know the world is just uncertain and people make it difficult because we're all fighting and scratching. And a lot of people live their lives from a place of defense. They're hurt, they've been rejected. So they're trying to survive. But the more people, the more that people know that they're valuable in spite of what has happened and what people say, I can live my life. I can go into the room with the worst of the worst or the best of the best and be confident. I don't have to shy away because I'm a short black guy, you know, from Oklahoma, you know, grew up in uh, poverty and, and as a, with a single mom. I don't have to fear going into a room with a wealthy person who has a lot of influence because my value is just as important or established as his is. So it doesn't matter where I come from. As a human being, I possess the value. Now, it's my responsibility to develop my gifts and go out and serve people. And I believe we all have a measure. So my goal is to develop the best of me and do my part to add value to the world. And that's where satisfaction comes. And I believe a lot of times, especially in America, we're not as satisfied because we go to work and we come home to be entertained. And we don't focus on how we can be better, become more so that we can help more people so their lives can be better and they can become more. And that, that's what wakes me up every day. As long as people are breathing, people are hurting. That gives me a job. And yeah. no matter what yeah. job it is, I have a job every single day. And you know, well, I would say, you know, life is a lesson in love. All those challenges you're talking about every day, those people you're having to meet with and, yeah. and deal with, those are all opportunities to learn one more lesson in yes, life. And, yeah. and to be able to express it to other people and be able to, to receive it receive it yourself. So uh, tell, um, I'm, I'm talking to Tasha D. Thompson. We're getting ready to wrap this, uh, wrap this up. I would like you to let everybody know where they can get hold of you. And uh, if they, if they want to see you on social media, your website, you know, whatever, whatever information you want to give people in case they, or maybe they just want a haircut. I don't know. Uh, but you might just ask, <laughs> tell, tell, them, tell them where they get hold of you. Well, my social media sites, uh, Tyson Speaks, um, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Tyson Speaks. Uh, you can reach me at TysonSpeaks.com. And Tyson Speaks value. You know, I see your value. I see your worth. And I want the world to know what your story is because your story matters. If you don't tell your story, then no one would ever know what your legacy is. No one would ever know who you are. And remember this, that uh, life doesn't end when you leave because someone can still tell your story. So what you want to do is you want to live a life worth telling about. That's what a legacy is. And the only way people talk about you is if you added value to their lives. Yeah, and we just had a question come in. And uh, the, the question was, there are people out there that have a lot of talent. They might have a lot of money, a lot of resources. And yet, they are only taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those people who are seen as being success, but yet when it comes to personal relationships, when it comes to seeing the value in others, besides just being something that they use, uh, like you know any other uh, piece that they need to make their business operate, what would you tell those people? Well, if they're successful, they didn't do it alone. 
you know that story that I, I uh, uh, built my company by my own bootstraps? Well, the reality is, is that the boots you put on, someone had to make the strings, someone had to make the leather or develop it, someone had to make the soles, the cushions on the inside. You don't do it alone. No one exists alone. And life gets- They don't care. The Tyson, they don't care. And you know, sometimes- They're there, you're gonna make make the sole of the boot, you're gonna make the shoelaces, you're gonna do this, I'm gonna pay you money. And that's all they care about. They They don't care about the person making the sole, making the making the uh, shoelace or whatever it might be. And, and even take it out of business, you know, where maybe they have such a, uh, a really difficult time being able to form a healthy, loving, caring relationship, either with uh, a significant other or, or even their own children. So how do you say, hey, just well, well, one of yourself a little bit, and and just don't see that all the value in the world is kind of narcissistic kind of of thinking, but there are other people, and you you have such great talent, such amazing resources. Why don't you share it, share your love with others? And and all you can do with people like that is, like I told you, some people are noses. And some people are tailbones and we need to separate. And, and you can't make people do anything. You can be an example and you can influence, but everyone is not willing because it's a matter of the heart. You know, it's a choice and everyone has a choice. And so once people have told you who they are, like my, my Angelo says, when people tell you who you are, they are, you know, you believe them and people will. So if you work for a guy like that, a company, or if that's your dad, or if that's your, your wife or a relative, you have to find a way to live free from the rejection and then start to separate yourself in such a way where you can be self-dependent and, and you can be independent from their, their, their uh, provision if you're still depending on it. But we just have to know that they're human and they're flawed and their flaws just have a different consequence. And so for a person who is not willing to change, there's nothing you can do about it. When I go talk to kids, I tell them this, we're all in a room together. Some people want to listen and some don't. So I ask you to respect those who do. I don't care if it's one. And if you don't want to listen, you can be removed right now. So the people who are moving this direction to go help, to learn, to grow and develop, to become more, we can move forward with our agenda. And if you're not willing to be a participant. Give up hope on the people that don't seem to want to change. Well, you don't give up hope, but you just have to do it somewhat from a distance because there's no need to just sit in a room with someone and keep being bashed. There's no need to just sit in a room with someone who continues to downplay the agenda. Well, you, you can make an argument that when you do that, you're actually reinforcing the negative behavior that you're hoping that they would change. Yes, and, and it's like having a it's like having a cancer on a football team. I mean, there was a guy recently in the news, and no one wants him. He's a great talent, but they would pre- rather preserve the the peace in the, uh, the the team and the organization than to have this great talent to come and start dividing. And that's what my mom did. My mom chose to say, hey, to my father, I love you and I'm still in love with you. But in order for my sons to have a better insight on what life is like, I'm going to have to separate because you're not willing to do what's best for the family. So we have to just separate. I well, love you from now. What's that now? Maybe they're just not willing at that moment. 
And they may not be. That's why you don't give up hope. That's And see, this is what you, you can't do. You don't just sit back and dog a person. Oh, they're evil. They're wicked. There's no hope. I wish that they would just be totally destroyed. I, I wish the best, the worst for them. Now, you never do that. I had some people talk about me one time. Matter of fact, a lady had made some statements about when I moved my business. And uh, I had just recently given her $500 just to be a blessing. But yet she turned and said some negative things that was totally untrue. So I asked my mom, how do you handle that? She said, well, son, as long as your heart is in the right place and your intentions were good, you keep moving and then you just leave it be. She's who yeah. she is. You have to be who you are. And I still see her, I still love on her, still talk as if she had never done it because um, she matters. And she hadn't always been that way. Maybe she had a moment. Maybe there was something wrong. You got to give people the benefit of the doubt. But right. some people have well, made you carry, you you carry that load, you carry it yourself. You know, and, and, and you want to carry the the load that's lighter, uh, the load of love, the load of forgiveness, the load of, of joy and peace, or do you want to carry the, the load of anger and resentment and right. ill feelings? You know, that's a that's a heavy, heavy load. And no matter how much you feel about it towards somebody else, you're the one that gets to carry it. Oh, yes. It's all consuming. I mean, it's, it's prison in prison. And you know what? And when you respond in love, you know, it it, it puts you in control because because wherever there is light, darkness has to go. That's just the way it works. It also it's gives the other person the freedom to have control too, yeah. their own life. So, all right. Well, we need to wrap this up. Tyson, D. Thompson, tell them your website again. Any social media, uh, if if somebody's interested in, in getting a hold of you, and also where the book's going to be available. Well, um, right now I'm, I'm in the final stages of the book, but it's called Dream Another Dream, and 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 the subtitle I'm still working on it. And right now the subtitle is uh the courage to choose your life, conquer your past, and thrive in an uncertain world. That's what I'm working with right now, and so you can get more information about it on TysonSpeaks.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Tyson Speaks or any other social media site, Tyson D. Thompson on Facebook. But um, I'll be in touch and uh, I'll be giving more opportunities for you to hear more about the book. You know, um, I got a few things out there that I'll be um, working on, but it'll be coming soon. And with all this stuff going on, you know, so it put a halt on things for a moment. But um, I appreciate Todd. I appreciate you having me, sir. And all those out there that, you know, love never fails. I want you to know that. And that the essence of my book is going to be that regardless of your circumstance, you know, you can dream something different. And sometimes circumstances don't change, but we can. So uh, keep dreaming. Remember, I see your value at Tyson Speaks, TysonSpeaks.com. And uh, I appreciate you, Ty. You know, this has been a blessing. So. Right. Thank, thank you, Tyson, for being with us. And you've been listening to Love Leaders. And I'm Ty Houston. And we're uh, looking forward to or next time we get to spend time with you. Y'all have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks, Tyson. You're welcome, sir.